Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mom, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is a dancer, a singer, a choreographer. Uh, she won Celebrity MasterChef, which just makes me want her to come round and make me dinner, to be honest. Um, she is also one of the Pussycat Dolls and mother of three. It's Kimberly Wyatt! Yay! Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, you've got your MasterChef, your, what do you call it? Your trophy? My trophy. In the background. This whole thing. <laughs> Didn't you notice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still put my crown in the background of stuff, so don't yeah. worry. I think it's... You know, you worked hard for it. It should be there. It's part of the course. It's been a while because it's back in 2015. So I feel like I just got to remind myself that that did actually happen. <laughs> well, yeah, especially since then, you know, now you've got three kids to feed. That's and it. I imagine there are times where they don't eat what you give them because that's just kids. So it's just nice to have something to look at, I would imagine, that reminds you, no, actually, you are a great cook. Yeah. Don't listen to what they say. It's all fine. Well, that was the thing. Like, I was, had just had my first baby, which is what inspired me to do MasterChef in the first place. Because I was like, I need skills. I had no skills in the kitchen. So I went in just to learn as much as I could, hoping to at no. least get past week one. And then I just kept staying and staying and staying. It was great. I do think there's something about those shows, though. When there's a progression, when there's a journey, totally. if you go in and you can cook, that's no fun. Yeah. Yeah, they want to see you be at your absolute worst and then see you grow into something, <laughs> something at least good. <laughs> Things can only get better. That's it. That's it. But I swear the more effort I put into a really great meal, the less my kids like it. That's quite a consistent thing in this house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I just get stuck in a rut because there are dishes that they love uh, and then you try and go off piece a little bit and they might love it the first time you make it. Yeah. And then the second time you do it, they're like, no. That's it. It's limited limited yeah yeah 
trying to get away from the beige as much as possible is my main goal. In Me life. too, but it's hard. That is one of the biggest challenges. Come on, let's get a rainbow on that plate. At least eat a few colours. <laughs> I even found myself washing pasta the other night for one of the kids. Yes. I made them an amazing pasta sauce and they didn't like it, so I was oh. washing the pasta in the sink. And that's the thing, like, I'll get to this place where I'm so over them not liking it that I'll start getting in where I'll take, like, almost orders and I'm making three different meals for three different kids and then I'm checking myself like what are you doing I know I know Gino DeCampo was on last series and he had a thing or two to say about us mums who do things like that but we've just got to do what we do to get through and you want each kid to eat Yes, and I want to stay Mm. sane with (laughs) my efforts. Exactly, anything for an easy life. That's all we need. (laughs) Kimberly, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? So I grew up in Missouri, which is like bang in the middle of America. It's Midwest, Um, really small farm town. So I was quite a little country girl. Like I loved being out in the country and riding horses and ATVs and like where there would be mud runs and all sorts. (laughs) At school growing up in high school, there was Boots and Shorts Day and FFA, Future Farmers of America. So it's like it was quite a different life than what I have now living in Surrey in the UK with three kids. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've just started watching Yellowstone, so I'm all into cowboys at the moment. Absolutely. Um, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just seeing that kind of life now. Yes, and like the Ozarks, <laughs> I know that was a big show, but the Ozarks, that was like where we would go every weekend in the summers to go and have a good time as a family on the boat and go tubing and do lots of water sports and things. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Did you have siblings? I do step-siblings, so I've got one sister and two brothers, all older. I'm the baby. For the most part, they would always be with their other families, but being Mm -hmm. surrounded by siblings was amazing. Hence, having three kids, like, I love that they've got each other. Yeah, well, looking ahead to the future when you were younger, did you see a family in your life? I always wanted to be a mum. Like, dance took over my life. That was my first love. But dance was always a bit of a ticket to get away from the small town. It was my ticket to go find that dream husband and create that life. And, well, I'm sort of realizing I've created that life now here in Surrey. (laughs) I didn't realize I was going to fly an ocean away for it. But, yeah. So let's talk about meeting your husband. When you first met, was family life brought into the mix straight away? Is it something that you talked about? Well, we met on stage at Closed Show Live in Birmingham, and he was one of the main models. I was a special guest performer, and a friend of ours, a mutual friend, drug me into the finale so that I could be part of it with the whole cast. And Max was the main model that sort of led the cast down the runway. So he sort of tossed me to Max, and Max walked me down the runway. There's still pictures of it, but we're both very much looking in opposite directions. We were sort of (laughs) chat, but... (laughs) A few months after that, I was at um, the sort of rap party in Soho, and we ended up in Freedom Nightclub, and hands fell into each other's hands. And I was like, oh, there's a there's an electric little shock here that feels quite nice. And I remember him going in for the first kiss, which was in like a little dark corner of Freedom. And all of a sudden, just as our lips were about to touch, the spotlight comes on. We realize we're on a stage, and they start playing Pussycat Dolls, Don't You? So I was like... <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Popped up and tried to like play it off. <laughs> I also love the idea of being with you. You are such an amazing dancer. I can imagine the fear in Max of being someone like that. Oh, he is a dancer. Is he a dancer as well? Well, he can groove, but this is the thing. Okay. He's never had a lot of dance confidence anyway. And now being with me, like it is, if you know, if we're at a party or a wedding reception or whatever it is, if I take to the floor, you know, people want to see what's about to happen. And he does not like that pressure. <laughs> he says that his dance moves are like try like being stuck in a spider web. So he stays in a safe zone, low step touches, and I dance around him. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I just love the fact of your first official meeting being in a place where you really get to shine and he, you know, the confidence in that moment. Yeah. So leaping forward. Family life, something that you both knew that was coming your way? Definitely. We both really connected on the fact that we wanted to sort of lay down some roots and create a really beautiful family life and have kids and, you know, have that sort of life. So I think it was a year and a half after we had met and dated, we got married, went on honeymoon to Mauritius. And I remember I was in living in New York with him for about six weeks waiting for my visa to come back. 
and I was going to DJ school, going to run DMC Scratch Academy, learning my DJ skills. And by the time I was back in London, I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It happened so quickly. It Can you really remember quick. finding out? Yes. Oh, it was amazing. I guess because when you want it so bad and you've always dreamed of being a mom, that moment was just like the just the most amazing feeling. I mean, I have the full spectrum because... I went from the most amazing, like, oh my God, we're pregnant kind of vibes. The second one we tried, it wasn't happening for a good year and a half. It took us to get pregnant with the second one. So that was like an elation. And then the third yeah. one, we thought we might be done it too. The third one was such a surprise. It was like, you know, your heart <laughs> drops into your stomach. Like, we hadn't planned for that one. <laughs> I had exactly the same with the third. Did exactly. you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought, mate, well, I was always a bit like, in a couple of years, in a couple of years, Same. Tom was like, no, we're done, we're happy with two. And then, yeah, turns <laughs> out even in our 30s, we don't know how to use contraception. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I blame him fully. <laughs> so what was your pregnancy like? And what were you doing at that time? Were Pussycat Dolls on hold at, at that point? Well, for the first two, yeah, Pussycat Dolls was on hold. And so... Each, I sort of have a different TV story with each of my pregnancies. I was doing Got to Dance, judging and performing on the show with Willow in my belly. So I've got that little special Aww. moment. I was doing Taking the Next Step, judging and mentoring on a show on CBBC. And so I've got some promo videos of me dancing with Maple in my belly. And then for Senna being the surprise, like I had literally just signed a contract to do the reunion with the Pussycat Dolls and was looking at this timeline. I was like, okay, so I have to have a cesarean and then I need to be ready and on stage seven weeks after for a big reunion performance on X Factor. So I knew we were going into the challenge of a lifetime. And whereas I'd always wrapped my life around the baby, I was speaking to this one like, honey, you're going to have to just be welcomed into my world. So he spent a lot of his first little weeks. I mean, the pregnancy was about just staying active and staying safe, but just keeping my body moving so that when I went into that cesarean, the doctor knew what I was getting myself into. So she tried to keep me on this minimal amount of pain medicines and things, getting me on my feet as quickly as possible so that recovery could kick in. So those first sort of few weeks of his life, you know, he was on the... the he was in his little bassinet on the floor of the rehearsal studio watching us pussycat dolls do our thing. <laughs> I mean, Unreal. I was going to talk to you about this one later, but I can remember watching that performance and being like, but she's just had a baby. Unreal. Like, was backstage breastfeeding. Like, I've never had such an out-of-body experience as I did then. Because, you know, right after you have your baby, especially with a cesarean, your muscles haven't helped those organs get back in place where they need to be. So I'm strapped up in a corset, yeah. just trying to keep everything safe. Had a doctor on standby just in case anything went wrong, because it could rupture. Um, yeah. But yeah, went out there and just for me in my mind, it was like I wanted to celebrate the fact that our bodies can do this. And it was such a challenge. I wouldn't put it out there for anybody to do the same. <laughs> Recommend it. Don't do it. <laughs> Save yourself. <laughs> so I was talking about it at breakfast this morning, actually, with my husband, because I was saying the physical aspect, even though you would have known, you would have had had two babies previously, you know what that physically is like. But we all know that emotionally and mentally, we don't know where we're going to be when we have little ones. We so don't. there must have been so much packed into that. Because yes, you're excited about the Pussycat Dolls. And you know that you've been working on it. And I know that there's lots that had to happen to yeah. get that world tour, you know, announced and everything. So lots of hoops that you've been jumping through to get there. Yeah. But the flip side of that is that you are at a really raw and vulnerable time in your life as well. <laughs> the most vulnerable I have ever felt on stage and knowing that the world was watching because the world had been waiting for this reunion for over 10 years. So yeah, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin up there, but I wanted to almost force that place of like, even if I don't feel comfortable, I still want to celebrate where my body is at and what we, me and my little baby, had accomplished in that moment. So it did feel yeah. quite exciting. And I always look back at this picture when we finished that performance and I just, my head is back and I'm like screaming in elation of like, oh my God, we did it. <laughs> 
And then 650 people wrote to Ofcom and complained about the performance. Look, 650 people is nothing. What do you think now of the thousands and thousands of people that... I mean, Pussycat Dolls, you've never ever been demure. You know, you've never been kind of covered up. Well, this you've always been out there. Event. It's always been sexy. It exactly. Is. Yes. I love being a pussycat doll, and especially from the dance aspect, like owning your space, owning your body, celebrating that, knowing yeah. it's all yours to explore and enjoy and, and move and groove with. For me, that was the message that I was trying to portray. But sometimes the message doesn't always land in the way that you hope that it will. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it must be tricky as well, because I imagine it was a bit of a double-edged sword in a way because you'll have people going oh my god this is amazing and then you'll have other people possibly going through that stage of you know post-birth and then kind of going I imagine would have a lot of different emotions being fired at you and that must be really hard to receive it was very hard to receive especially because I knew that I was just embracing the body that I was in I felt like one little shortcut I could do was to wear a wig so that I, you know, during the breastfeeding and all that, like I didn't want to have to get my hair dyed and do all these things. Yeah. So I thought a wig would be great. Lots of pop stars do it. But I tell you, when I looked online after the performance, it was literally all people could see. She's wearing a wig. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you see? <laughs> but, but is that a good thing though? If you can't see whatever else is going yeah, on in my yeah. body, you it know, was a perfect then distraction. Yeah, it's a wig. <laughs> How did your pregnancies all vary? And and again, with your body, because it's such a massive part of your life and, mm. you know, you know your body so well, I think dancers really are in tune with yeah. their bodies. How did pregnancy feel? Because your body's yeah. suddenly not in the same way controlled. You know what? The first one was amazing because I was just fascinated by every little thing that was happening. And yes, there was the morning sickness for each one, usually in the first three months. Like I did get pretty ill and usually lost weight within those three months and then started gaining after that when you plateau sort of that second trimester. And I loved the first pregnancy. The second and third pregnancy, though, I felt like I was then in tune with sort of what was really going on. And I think because, you know, I've put my body through it with the leg tilt and dancing in heels for years and years. Like, you know, my lower back has already taken quite a beating. And then to add the weight of the baby and how they sit within your body and and what that does. Like, oh, I no longer feel that I'm a good pregnant woman. I think I might be one of the worst because it's just painful for me. That lower back just really can't take it. And the heaviness on the joints and everything. Yeah, there was times where it's just, yeah, I just couldn't ever get comfortable trying to sleep with about five pillows between the legs and behind the back and here, there and everywhere. Yeah, I did find it really difficult. Can you remember that moment of meeting your daughter for the first time? Oh, just unreal. I remember seeing her for the first time. I was like, why is she so swollen and very purple? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> but holding her, that feeling is just unbelievable. Just in that skin to skin and just like, oh my God, we did it. We made this little human and we're parents. And when it moves to that moment where you take them out in their pram for the first time, I'll never forget that feeling of just a huge responsibility to keep them safe. It felt like birds in the sky and everything was like just looking out to like keep your baby safe. I've never felt that vulnerability as just a human walking down the street that I did when I when we had our first baby and took her out. Everything feels so different. It does. That you risk assess the whole time. Everything, everyone and everything, yeah. It just feels harsh. Suddenly you realise what the world is, what you brought your baby into. Exactly, and you're sort of learning on your feet. So everything from nappy changes to getting them dressed, everything, you're like, oh, so cautious, you don't want to break them. By the third one, you're like, let's get it, let's get it on. Everything's (laughs) fine. (laughs) I find it really useful to watch the midwives doing their checks and stuff because they were always so rough. Like, I I felt like, you know, they were like little birds that you had to be really careful with. And, you know, they don't always want to straighten their arm or their leg. And you're like, oh, I don't want to pull you. But then you see someone else who's used to handling, you know, little ones. You're like, oh, I can be a bit firmer with this. So true. 
And I, like, I, Super Nanny, I was obsessed with. I could sit and watch Super Nanny all day long, marathons of it. And I'm so happy I did, because I have learned so much from Joe Frost in all of those episodes. <laughs> I'm constantly pulling back and then needing to go back and watch some episodes to remind, okay, how does the naughty step work? And <laughs> how do I stay true to all of this? Thank you for that. <laughs> That's so, it, but our generation did grow up watching so many programs like that. Yeah. And I think in our heads, it does give us a kind of go, so this is how it works and we've just got to do this. But then obviously they come along and they're all different. Well, I and you just got to work out which. Most films that I saw growing up when it came to labor, it's a woman on her back with her legs up in the air and stirrups and the doctor's doing everything. It wasn't until I became pregnant that I re and started reading about hypnobirthing and all these different mm. styles of going through it about, no, this is like our journey to go through as women as we're birthing these babies. And the control is basically in our power of how we do it and, and being able to squat or use a yoga ball or all these different you know things that you can do to be able to get through that moment yeah it was a real realization of just how skewed it, the idea of labor had been for so long this whole other world though that we wouldn't have been exposed to because we weren't in that bubble we weren't at that stage in life and then you get there and this whole new world opens up really does it really does and it made me feel just how powerful that is that like just the fact that your your muscles are contracting everything down so that that baby can come through your canal. It's like, wow, and it does it on its own. It's like, that's insane. I felt when I had to do the cesarean, I was gutted because I felt like that moment and that feeling was taken away from me. Of course, get mm. over it. Ultimately, you want a safe mom, safe baby. But um, I do feel like it's incredibly fascinating what our bodies are able did to it, do. Did it take you a while to to process that and to, Massively. And to accept that that wasn't going to be the way for you definitely definitely and to being a dancer like those moments of natural labor your muscles are pulling your organs and everything back into place if you don't have that like baby's just pulled out your organs are like Woo! <laughs> I don't know where I'm gonna settle in and when they finally do it still takes some time for them to compact back through so yeah I was really gutted about that it's such a common thing. You know, you hear so many people grieving the labor or the, you know, that they wanted. And it, although we know, you know, the most important thing is that mum and baby are safe, I think there's so much, it, it's really complex actually where, where our minds take us within that. So true. You don't realize that you feel that it's like, it almost feels like a rite of passage as a woman to be able to do that. And when you no longer have that choice, yeah, it takes some time to get your head around that. Well, and obviously C-section cesareans, they come with these unnecessary negative, you know, too posh to push or whatever it was, yeah. is, you know, and that's simply not the case. And also it is a choice. So even if someone can give birth naturally and choose to have a cesarean, that's nothing to do with anyone else. Everybody's got their own journey. And I think that's one thing that I really learned a lot through having three kids is like the headspace of the mum is so important almost more important than everything because we are we have to mm. provide all of those vital things for that baby in those especially first years and being able to stay sane and happy and at a level of just being able to get through a day like it can become so incredibly challenging I'm so happy mm. there's so many more podcasts and so much more information for women to connect in that way because it is a lonely place Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Well, how were you emotionally, mentally after you gave birth? Because it is such a massive gear change in life as well. I mean, the first one, I just loved it. I loved every step of it. But in the work that I do, you know, it is... I can't take a year off. I can't take nine months off. Nobody's going to pay me to mm-hmm. sit around and take care of my baby. So well, and there's always the added worry that you take nine months a year off and the world moves on. Exactly. So it's like, no, we are, we're really in this together. And, and with what I do as an entertainer and being a pussycat doll, like being able to feel good in my body is a big part of it. But kind of when that, they always say nine months out, nine months in. It's For me, it was nine months out. It takes two years to get back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and then for you, you're pregnant with your next baby. So it must exactly. always, you must always feel a little bit out of the loop for the last few years. That's it. And just trying to dig deep to find confidence that potentially isn't even there in those moments. So you can get on camera and deliver your lines and or, or do whatever job you're doing at that point and feel good enough to deliver in a way that you normally would had you not had a baby but it's that sort of thing you know you want to have it all don't you and and having it all comes with its trials and tribulations and mentally Mm. and physically like that's the journey that you're going through being able to just embrace who you are where you are no matter what and I think um yeah it's difficult but it's an empowering one to know that even if you're not in your best shape or your best self I hate using the word shape actually but if you're not feeling your best self then then that's okay too. But by having little habits or rituals that can help you just remember where you've come from and what you've been able to do with your body, I think is um, we're so lucky to be in a place where we can all have chats about that and realize that we're not alone. Were there moments where you couldn't see that message because I think we can all gear towards okay so I'm having a cesarean I'm gonna feel like this but actually the reality of it can sometimes and we we can often always go well I'm not gonna feel like that it's gonna be fine you know but then when we're in it who knows who knows you don't have a choice about what your brain sometimes thinks up there or how long your body takes or the fluid that is stuck everywhere or the fact that your face changes shape sometimes through different pregnancies oh my god (laughs) And um, I think the hardest thing is one thing to come to terms with the reflection of you in the mirror, but also, you know, social media does have a lot to answer for and the barrage of comments and judgment that can come, especially at mums in those vulnerable moments is quite impossible at times. But, you know, I, I think that for me, purpose work is so incredibly important. You know, I have our a dance academy here in Surrey, Kimberly Wyatt's Dance Academy. I'm, I, if I'm not working on other stuff, then I'm touring around to dance studios and teaching and connecting with the next generation of dance. And, you know, within that dance studio, you're working on owning your space and confidence or or even just connecting to a character and that emotion and that feeling and what that can do. And I've taken that a step further and I work with the Youth Sport Trust in delivering dance to schools across the country and realize through the statistics, you know, between the ages of six to eight is when a child decides how they feel about their body and that choice lasts for the rest of their lives. So then knowing those things, it's like, well, the purpose work really, and especially the dance work that I do is like, no, I want to make a difference in, in kids' lives and people's lives and help them remember that it's okay to not feel good, but there is a space that you can go to and get lost in the music and choose an emotion and use that through movement. And that can be really quite therapeutic. So for me, when you don't know what to do, you go back to what you do know. And for me, it's dance and that dance studio and being able to move to music helps me connect to that confidence that I can't find otherwise it's amazing that you've got that core thing to return to can you remember going back to it going back to dance yeah I mean yeah I definitely can every I because I've never not I've never not had it is the thing yeah like no matter how what stage of pregnancy or afterwards I've always gone back to it so I've never really yeah. taken a break because I know that I need it. You know, I've you got must my... have had a few weeks though post C-section. Oh, so sure. after that, first first one back after you know your stitches are there or taken out. I don't know how long you left it, but being able to move again must have felt really good because we both know it raises endorphins. You know, yes. it does so much for your mental health. Yes. You know? And like you said, as a dancer, you're really connected to your body. And so as much as I would feel good, you know, as soon as I would have the baby, I'm doing plies and releves and using my limbs while I'm waiting for that core to come back. But even when you're able to sort of move and you step into the 
the studio again to start dancing, you realize, you know, those abs are so separated. It takes a long time for those abs to come back together. I can together. just remember the squishiness and being like, what is what this? Dough. <laughs> so it was like for a while, that feeling was almost like I'm dancing through my whole body, but I'm dancing around my core. But your core is right. your power center. It's your power source. So trying to find that again takes real time. And especially after the third baby, that I, I guess I, you know, I'd pushed it a bit quickly. So that that separation in my abs, I was having meetings about surgeries and getting it stitched back together or what I was going to do because really? it wasn't coming back together. Yeah. You know, I'm, wow. I'm out there doing Pussycat Dolls promo in Australia and here and ready for a world tour, but my abs still weren't together. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. So yeah, I was having meetings about surgeries and things. And of course, a few things happened and the tour wasn't moving forward. So it was dancing on ice and training and dancing on ice. It was like really, it, that's what healed my abs. It brought my abs back together. It took weeks of training, but all of a sudden I was, you know, doing my work with my partner, Mark Henready and realized, oh, wait a minute, I have a core again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm still waiting for that moment of I have a core again. Yes. I think every now and then I'm like in the middle of work, I can, I can feel it. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> And the pelvic floor, like who knew, like I never knew about the pelvic floor and the fact you can yeah. do exercises and connect with that. But and those... for the rest of our lives, we have to do pelvic floor exercises because I think so often we can think, oh, that's something that we do straight after birth and we'll get the little app and we'll do it, you know, but actually it is for life because I, I went to the doctor and she was like, yeah, but you have to continue. And I was like, oh, oh, we will live the rest of our lives. If we don't stay true to our pelvic floor exercises, there is a chance we might wee ourselves. <laughs> and, and as a pussycat doll, that's not the look Kimberly Wyatt. Exactly. <laughs> I can I'm remember squeezing really as we speak. <laughs> I know, it's that thing. I'm sure anyone listening to this is doing the same thing. You yeah. can't talk about pelvic floor without doing it. You that's simply right. can't, because it's like a reminder for the day. Get them in. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're in a new phase also now because you've got two of your little ones at school. Three. Well, Senna's at nursery as well. Oh, oh. so how does that feel? Oh, my God. I thought the day would never come. I love, <laughs> I love having them at home. But I'll tell you what, just a few hours to, like, do a few things is amazing. You know, I feel like yeah. we've got a new lease of life. It's a new one because Sen has only just started nursery. But it's good for everybody. He needed it. We needed it. You know, he's a lockdown baby. So he needed to kind of get out there and get into some classes. He didn't get all the little baby classes and things because it wasn't happening except on Zoom. Yeah. And that didn't really work for the, the smallest ones. So it's been good for everybody. That's good. It's good yeah. to know. And we are uh, at the moment back in the throes of having unsettled drop-offs, which I think are always so difficult to manage, especially when you know they've got to go, it's school, you've got to go to work. It's it's so difficult when those things occur. Oh, it's so hard. I have moments I can remember where I think it was Maple. She's She's a sensitive one and she didn't want to go in and she was screaming and holding on to me. It was almost like I had to rip mm -hmm. her off of me. But having that moment with the teacher who was so brilliant in that moment, because she could tell I was struggling. I was at the edge of tears. Like I didn't know what to do. Aww. And I knew it was my choice to make what I'm, what I'm supposed to do in this moment. You don't want to ruin your child for life. But I was like, I didn't want to set the precedent that if she acts like that, then she gets what she wants. So ultimately yeah. the teacher sort of, ripped her from me and she you know five ten minutes later she's absolutely fine but it's in those moments man it's a struggle as a parent to just know exactly what the good choice is to make and the amount the, the weight of it is intense and I think in those moments you can feel like you're the only parent going through it the only parent that's ever gone through it you're going to react in the wrong way or that you've failed but actually, so we've been at the school now for five years and I can say that most mums have had some sort of 
meltdown to deal with, whether that's their kids or themselves. I mean, I've definitely cried a few times at the school gates, especially when the drop-off has been bad. Yes. You know, realising that actually everyone is in the same boat. It might come in different forms and look different to different people, but it's okay when those things happen. Man, I was. this wasn't too long ago. It was around Halloween, and I'm taking the kids to a shop, and our youngest was not having it. He wanted a toy. And I was like, you're not having it. And I said, no, and I was sticking to my super nanny guns. <laughs> His tantrum was so massive, like full flat on the floor, screaming as loud as he could. If I'd go up to him, he would start sort of hitting and kicking. And so I just would leave him, walk away, just trying to breathe, stay patient, yeah. you know, just let him get through it. He wasn't getting through it. So I had a cart, two other kids and him to deal with. And so I would finally be like, we just need to get out of here. So I'd sort of pick him up, get kicked and punched and everything, trying to navigate the cart and the other two, trying just trying to get to the checkout line. Let's like, just get through here. <laughs> I think I had about five breaks to put him down, walk away, breathe, stay patient, <laughs> yeah. then go back in. At one point I looked around, every person in that store had come to look around the aisle and it made me feel <laughs> like, I swear I'm not abusing my child, but he's going through it. I'm trying to remember patient but you do feel quite judged in those moments I'll you never do forget. you do yeah I'll never forget when I got home uh in my like dms or something on insta I had a mom that had sent me a message about I just want you to know you're an incredible mom you were doing the right thing and you're so brave and just like gave me the most amazing message Aww. it meant so much to feel seen in that moment and the fact that you're not alone it's so funny, isn't it? Because in that moment, you do almost don't want to be seen because you feel judged. But then when someone does actually see the situation, you're just like, yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I often feel like when I when I hear other children have tantrums, my first thing is, oh, thank goodness it's not just me. Yeah. You know, it's not just me that has to deal with those moments. There's also a feeling of, thank God it's not mine this time. Because <laughs> another time <laughs> totally. it will be mine. You know, and I, I try as much as possible to make eye contact with that mom <laughs> just to kind of give a reassuring yeah. look or something <laughs> it's trying to find the proper way to do it as well because at times i'm like i'll see them in their eyes and maybe i'm not like do they know what i'm trying to say through my eye contact right now <laughs> am i giving trying... a judging look or is it a reassuring look <laughs> do you do a thumbs up do you go in for the you're doing great but you want them to feel supported in that moment Exactly, because I think our go-to method in our head, our go-to voice is saying, everyone's looking, everyone's judging. And some people are, is a thing. But you have to sort of push through that and and trust your instincts and your mum instincts and know that even if it's not your best moment, that there's always tomorrow. Because there's times where, like, you know, kids can take you to a place. It's the spectrum of emotions on a daily basis. Mm. And sometimes it does maybe bring out a part of you that you 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 don't want to happen and you know you got to give it another go the next day. Trying to stay yeah. patient and calm in all of those moments is a difficult one. Uh-huh. And I think being out and about we almost lose sight of where our focus needs to be because yeah. we've got this thing around the edges, on our peripheral, there's people, there's other people around, where actually all we need to do is focus on us and our children, no matter how messy that might look. It's a moment, we'll get through it in how, you know, maybe in five minutes, maybe in 10 minutes, maybe we'll still be here in half an hour and that's okay. I'll say that, this was the first time that I had a realisation. I felt like almost out of body because... You know, I'm being stern and I'm being, you know, trying to get through to him in the way that Super Nanny stopped me. Um, I love that she is literally like your guru. She is. <laughs> but as, as soon as I, but I realize that even the way I'm like, if I'm being hard, the emo, like I don't feel angry. It's not an angry feeling, yeah. but I'm being the disciplinarian. I'm being the parent. Mm -hmm. And I could almost feel this out of body of like, I don't act, I'm not angry. This isn't actually getting to me. Maybe for the first time ever, I'm actually really calm, but I'm just doing the steps that I know that needs to be done. So he knows that he's not going to be the spoiled child that gets the toy every time he goes into the shop because it's important for him to know that no means no. And that's okay. <laughs> Do you think that comes from having a method and steps to follow? Like you're De not just going definitely. blind, you've got something, you know, a tool. I, I, everybody does parenting differently and it, in yeah, different ways absolutely. works for everybody. But for me, those, that, the checklist, I, I need it. I need it. Be yeah. If 
and and sometimes I realize that I'm in the middle of a of a not an argument, but I'm in the middle of a situation that I didn't realize I was getting myself into because I forgot that the checklist was coming into play five steps ago. And then I remember it and it's like, oh no, <laughs> I give them the warning. I let them know if they do it again, they're going to go on the naughty step. And then when it happens again, it's straight to the naughty step. But you can get caught in having these like back and forth with your child and realize like, mm. how did I even get here? Got to go back <laughs> to the steps. <laughs> what has been your biggest um, sort of transition that the, the, had the biggest impact? Naught to one, one to two or two to three? What's been the craziest one? Mm. Two to three. One to two was massive. And I felt like just another one is another one. Two to three yeah. was intense. But it was also, you know, we were in lockdown and we're doing homeschooling. Yeah for two kids and a baby and there'd be times where all three of them are crying and you have to pick one which one are we going for first (laughs) (laughs) and the finding out that surprise number three was coming it was like this is a whole lifestyle change does the car still work do we need to get a different car we're outnumbered Mm -hmm. like how do you travel with three kids what does that even look like so yeah I think the two to three jump is was intense and yeah, still is. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that ever goes. No. Someone said to me, you know, three is the magic number, uh, which I was riding high on for quite some time, uh, you know, to help me with the shock. Um, and it's just manic. It it's manic. chaos. And I think the, the more we can lean into the chaos and just accept it and not try and fight it, the better. For Definitely. me, anyway, that's how I've got to see it because I think I know that I would love everything to be a certain way, but actually life happens and it's just not going to be and the lower your standards I remember reading something about lowering your house standards at times I love a perfectly clean house I want it to always be beds made and no dirty plates by the wash but sometimes you just need to let it go so that you can breathe for a minute and let that be okay (laughs) absolutely and seeing the house like yesterday someone uh, popped over and announced and I'm not joking every single inch of the house had something Star Wars in it they were in a (laughs) massive game of Star Wars it was a Star Wars weekend and I remember thinking oh my god it's such a tip but the same this is them playing they've had they're having the best no one's fighting they're all working together so yeah I, I, I feel like like sometimes we have to pick our battles, you know, and, and maybe in that moment it would have been lovely for that person to see the house clean. But at the same time, my kids were behaving really well. Yep, yep. And as soon as you get the whole house clean, whatever room that they've been left to, it is going to be <laughs> a nightmare. Oh, it's never ending. Exactly. Um, one thing you have talked about during your last cesarean is sterilisation, which I hadn't realised, and you said that you didn't realise could be done while you were having your cesarean had no idea and it's quite a similar like when you go to be sterilized as a woman the cesarean is quite a similar sort of thing you have to go through to make that happen and yeah when she asked me when the doctor asked me if I wanted any more children I was 100% of the mind of I'm done like three is definitely my maximum as a a kid growing up people would be like how many kids do you want to have I'd be like as many as my husband wants me to have no, there's a, tr- there's a better answer for that. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I've never heard that answer before. <laughs> it's three. Because Max was, Max was booked in for a vasectomy as well. That's right. Before and you'd heard that. That's right. And so what we've learned since then, you know, through a cesarean, you can get sterilized in the same amount of time. Brilliant. And um, they actually won't do double sterilizations. They don't recommend it. So if the woman has oh, been really? sterilized, then they don't recommend that the guy goes through it. Because it is a procedure. And if you don't yeah. have to do the procedure, they don't want you to do it. I'm a bit yeah. upset now. I feel like I've, I've gone to such an extent. He's getting off freely. But no, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Especially if you're already recovering. That's so, you know, it. you won't. Yeah. Um, how important is it for you, for your kids to understand your upbringing and, uh, you know, the community and culture and all things farm life that you would have had growing up in America? Well, that's a tough one, actually. Um, the thing is, I'm not very close with my parents. Like, it's right. a bit, it's, it's been a real rocky, it was a rocky childhood. I've had to experience a lot of 
horrific things that no child or teenager should ever have to. So I'm, I'm kind of, not blindly, I've done a lot of work on forgiveness and understanding and acceptance. So I feel in a really good, strong place with it. But how yeah. you then not explain it, you know, I don't want to keep any secrets from my kids. Of course, they're like, you know, where's, wh- why don't we have a relationship uh, like a lot of other kids do with our grandparents um, yeah. on your side? It is important for them to see it. And we've had one trip over where they got to meet everybody. You know, Warrensburg, Missouri is a much different place. Like, you know, people are riding their Harleys with their guns strapped to them and there's shotguns in the backs of of pickup trucks. And there's a lot of problem with racism and uh, homophobia. And, I mean, America in general is struggling at the minute. Yeah. And there is that realization. And if anything... What it gives me is the power to know that we need to make make a bit of a better difference with our children. It's important for them to meet their family, understand where they came from, and have a a, a good relationship to an extent with them. And and same for me. But also, it's important to keep them safe and make sure that they they know better. And so Absolutely. that's that's the biggest focus. And you know, I'm I'm kind of hopeful that the relationship with my parents and and whatnot will not get better, but just come to a place of acceptance for what it is and have yeah. something there but um no that's a, it's a tough one because I definitely don't come from your average lovely family I come from a lot of of turmoil that I've had to overcome and still have to somewhat find a relationship with and yeah, therefore yeah. guide my kids through that as well yeah absolutely. But I'm thankful like I might have had to learn through the negativity of my experiences but even because of those experiences, it gave me a drive and a determination to create the success that I have, to have the the guts and the bravery to to move an ocean away and create a life mm-hmm. in a country that was foreign to me. But the life that I have here in Surrey, like I, it's beyond my wildest dreams. I love it here. I love living in the UK. I love the people in the UK. I love our lives and our friends and. Like I, I am so thankful. So that's that's okay. <laughs> and sometimes when we have those negative experiences, the best thing it teaches us is what we don't want, you know. That's and, it. and actually being able to move away from that and to create this home life for your kids that is stable and safe, you know. Yes, exactly. Stable and safe. That's a beautiful mm. thing. But also yeah. like being able to forgive. Um, you yeah. know, my I think ultimately my parents really did try to do their best job. Maybe their best job wasn't to the standard that I would like to have for my kids. But I can Mm -hmm. also understand why they became the people that they did. You know, my mom didn't have a very great upbringing. She didn't know her mom. Her mom ran away when she was three years old. She didn't know who her dad was. She was raised by her grandparents. They were on food stamps. They had no money. Her grandparents wanted to get her out of the house. So at 16, they they signed the paperwork so she could get married off and go. Yeah course that's going to create incredible amounts of abandonment issues and emotional Mm -hmm. issues and things that as a parent to a a young girl she didn't have the faculties to even know how to be a better mom so I think um understanding that people are all trying their best and sometimes are getting it incredibly wrong that's okay too and whatever Mm -hmm. relationship you have it might be different I do feel different you know when we talk about families I always have to kind of give that caveat of like well I didn't really have maybe what a lot of other people have had but it's also not something that I need that I have to feel sorry for myself for I don't live as a victim you know I definitely feel more of a survivor and it comes back to that purpose work I go back to what I know and if I feel sad or I don't know how to deal with something I go into the dance studio and I connect to a really beautiful, potentially sad song and I pour my heart out into that that movement and emotion and then I find I'm I'm whole again. I found that at seven or eight years old. That's an incredible thing to have. And now I'm And that's something everyone can do as well. Like I can remember as a kid and I still do it now. I put music on. I'm not the world's best dancer at all. But just being able to move your body in any way, shape or form, go to a space that's just yours put music on that you love and move it's such a powerful thing it's such a powerful thing and if I can give that gift to as many people as I possibly can then that purpose work is doing what it needs to do and my heart feels whole (laughs) (laughs) good Um, if you could write a letter on motherhood who would it be to and what would you say it can be to yourself it can be to your kids it can be to anyone at all 
Oh, gosh, you know, I think my mom probably comes in mind, maybe just because I was just speaking of her. But, yeah. you know, I, I can't imagine uh, what her heart and her mind must feel like because of the things that she's experienced. And in a way, she hasn't chosen me in her life, but I, I can find a forgiveness for her. I just would hope that within anybody and any experiences they've had, they take the time to find whatever works for them so they can feel whole again, so they can feel good. I think everybody deserves to feel good. Every mom yeah. out there. And I mean, happy mom, happy baby. Like it's a real mm -hmm. thing. And that for any, uh, if I was to write anything about motherhood is like, do what you need to, to feel good. Cause how, whatever your heads, if you're pouring everything into your children, that's wonderful. Like you're an incredible human, but if you don't feel good within yourself, you're never going to be the mum you thought you were going to be. Yeah, absolutely. We end each podcast with you completing three sentences. Okay. The first one is being a mum means. The world to me. <laughs> Since having children, I... Feel crazy more often than not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy when... We're all cuddled up together on Friday family film night, something we always look forward to together and know that that's always our check-in to just be a family. I love that. It's uh, We've started doing similar things. So on a Friday after school, we all go out for dinner. It's, you know, it's amazing having the kids in a restaurant now because COVID, we don't know what's going to happen, but we yeah. all go for a little pizza. Yeah. Um, and uh, on a Saturday, we try and do a little movie night. And it is nice having those moments that just is. It's you as a family. It's locked in. And there is something really comforting that comes with that. When I can see that they get excited about it too. And like yeah. we're taking the three-year-old to nursery and we're like, do you know what today is? And he screams, Friday family film night. Like, oh God, these are going to be core memories. Like it's going to be <laughs> something they remember forever. And that feels amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Kimberly, thank you so much for giving me your time today. It's been so lovely to chat. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been really lovely. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.